Blog Talk Radio. Recruiting Animal here on January 23rd, 2-3-2019. You know, the other day I read an article about the need to nudge people, N-U-D-G-E, nudge them, to get them to do what they actually want to do on their own. It's called nudge theory. The theory is that many people want to do something, but they don't do it because they imagine it's going to be too hard. They have to make a lot of decisions and do a lot of work, you know, before they can actually do something, before they are ready to move. But if you make the decision for them and deliver it on a platter, they'll move forward. For instance, in Spain... They automatically enroll all, all of their citizens in an organ donation plan. So if you die in a car accident, they use your organs for someone who needs them, right? And you don't have to participate. You can opt out, but most people don't. So Spain is the world leader in organ donation. Now, some people think that's a little too pushy, okay? They would rather have a system of prompts. prompts. So when you go to renew your driver's license, uh, you know, you get a prompt to sign up for uh, that plan. We've got that here, I think. But either way, nudge theory is, you know, that both of them are, are little nudges, right? And that's very important for recruiters because it means that lots of people are actually ready to make a move, to take a new job. You just have to knock on their door and make it easy for them. Programmatic advertising, which is really hot, it works much the same way. If you look at a pair of shoes, you know, or a Bluetooth speaker online and you can't make up your mind if you want to buy them, right? That pair of shoes or that speaker, they're going to follow you from website to website for the rest of the day. All you have to do is click and they deliver you back to that website where you can think about it again. So when you call strangers as a recruiter, just remember that you might very well be making it easy for them to do what they really want to do anyway, right? (laughs) And now I'm going to make it easy for you to listen to Jerry Jerry. What show is this? The Recruiting Animal Thank you for having me, Animal. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I also I also want to thank my sponsor, yeah, Honeit. Yeah, Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T, the online interview technology. Jerry, your voice sounds so slack. You just brought me down as soon as you started talking. Yeah, okay, Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super-duper sourcing tool, and PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army Knife of recruiting software. And uh, we got a guest today. I've never talked to him before, but he's got an interesting name. His name is Matt or Matthew Craven, C-R-A-V-E-N. Now, Craven, 
has it's a word in English. It means lacking in courage, right? Max yes, Raven. it does. It Is sure that does, you? You're man. lacking. You know you're what? lacking in courage. Pardon me. Yes, I'm lack. I, I'm lacking courage here, man, to be on your show. So here I am. Okay. I, I've okay. got the courage well, now. I'm trying to break. You I'm got trying this to be, far. I'm trying to, There we go. There we go. Yeah. I'm brave, man. But don't interrupt. Don't talk over me. I talk over you. Okay, on this show. Okay, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm okay. deaf, so sometimes I don't hear you. So you have to speak louder, okay? Sometimes. Legally, okay. I am deaf, by the way. How can you be a recruiter if you're deaf? You know what? Great technology makes speakers really loud. <laughs> Recruiters don't listen. Come on now. What an oh, insensitive question. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, he told me he's a recruiter. He has to eat the interviews people. How can he do it if he's deaf? Honestly, I, I can't figure it out. No, he's not 100 percent deaf, what? obviously. Did you know there's a difference between hearing and listening, right? Let's not get into that. I'm going to tell everybody his Twitter name, if you want to criticize him, is Matthew Craven 12. (laughs) Okay? Awesome. Yes, awesome. uh, Criticize me, man. Let's get to work. Let's get to work, okay? You were an in-house – or you are. You're an in-house sourcer and recruiter. But actually, that's your pa- your past titles. You're now called a talent acquisition project manager. What is that? Well, you know, in um, in talent acquisition, we need um, so we need some structure in recruiting. And so my role is is when we have lots of big recruiting projects where we have high numbers of volumes, I work with the recruiters and put together help put together the strategy and help them execute and really help them keep that communication with the business. So that way, we stay online to to actually fill the positions when we say we're going to, instead of sitting there okay. having a pipe dream. That okay, so let's, let, we're yeah. going to break that down. Here. But We're going to break that yep. down. But first of all, are you actually in-house at that company, or do you work for an RPO? Because you work out of your own home. I, act, I am actually in-house. I've been with the organization for eight years. Okay, but they have an RPO as well. They have an RPO as well, right, or, uh, an outsourced recruiting uh, operation doing their recruiting for them. What do they need you for? We do we do use um, RPO from time to time, but we actually have forty plus in house recruiters. So we actually do have in house recruiters. We do. Yep. Well, hey, we're not we're an international global organization. What wow. company is it? Schneider you don't Electric. Have to say. Oh, I, I like okay. it when they don't say. Okay. I you like it when they do say. Well, it helps me picture who the hell I'm Great talking people. to. <laughs> okay. Okay, so hold on a second. So you're the project manager. Uh, what does that mean? You've got a team of five recruiters that you manage. Is pro- just project managers or just mean recruiting manager? Um, no, I'm not a recruiting manager. What I do, we have recruiting manager, but what I do is I take um, specific needs that we have within our organization and help formulate so that way we can fill those 25 positions. I mean, you I'm, know what? The Give me an example. I haven't got a clue. Don't talk in oh, generalities right. here. Go. Say, hey, recruiting animal, yeah. let me give you an example of what I'm doing right now or what I I've done recently, you. and you'll understand. Hey. Okay? Don't make me pull it out there of here. Go you ahead. Go. How's that? Recent, recently, 25. we had actually 50 requisitions for salespeople. Um, they were scattered all over the place. New New addition to staff, and we needed to fill these positions within 60 days. Yeah. So what I did is uh, we, yeah, we identified so we, the recruiters in house that we were going to use. We identified Hold the on. I just we opened somebody use. up. I want to close them down. Area code 617 has got a lot of junk noise in the background. Go yeah, ahead. Let's, Sorry. let's publicly shame that person. I'll look up the area code while you guys are talking. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> area code. Anyway, anyway so – 
we get we identify we 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 stabilize the resources, then we put a strategic plan together. No, no, no. You said you're going to walk me through. Oh, oh, oh. You said you're going to walk me through a real search. Don't talk in generalities. No generalities. All right. Gosh. So, most recent project again, fifty requisitions, salespeople. I identified the recruiters in-house that we needed to bring into this project so that we can be successful. I then, yeah. um, then I then um, we did the we did the kickoff meeting with the leaders to identify the roles, what their needs were, role made sure we had the role profiles in place, set the expectation that these are that this is in scope and what is out of scope. Then what we did is we designed what does that a, a mean? sourcing. Hope, 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 hope. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, What's in scope and in out scope of scope? In scope and out of scope. In scope and out of in scope. scope. What does that mean? Okay, in, in scope, it means that this is um, these are the roles that we are going to recruit for, and that um, if we add a position down the road, that is not in scope of the project. That would actually go into the normal day-to-day recruiting activities, not within this particular project here, unless we do uh-huh. we do a change. So once we okay. um, once we once we put that, we identify the roles. Then what we did was we put a sourcing strategy and a recruitment strategy together. And what we did was um, we put together, we did the talent map. We looked at what our talent map looks internally, geographically, and by experience and where they came from from previously. What, what does in the that mean? What's a, talent, what's a talent map? What is a talent map? Well, well, when you're talent mapping, what you're doing is you're 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 using it in two different ways. One, you're using it to look at your internal what your internal team what looks is like it? for the. What the, is it? Well, before I find out how to use it, I don't know to what a it is. Deck animal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is it? Jerry doesn't understand either, okay? Jerry doesn't understand uh, it, either. Come on. I understand All it right. enough to let it slide by in a conversation and act like I and Not me. Not Come me. On. Come on. A talent map maps out your talent organiza- your organization. So if you take your sales organization, you look at that map and you can now see where they are geographically their background in the sense of where, what companies they came from and their years of experience. Now, this is helpful because when you are putting a strategy together and you're putting a role profile together, your managers will tell you, hey, everybody comes from XYZ company and this is where we want them. And this is where we want them from. Oh, and they all have 20 years of experience. Well, if you go look into the, your organization, you can come back to the business and before you have your kickoff meeting and say, well, we looked at your internal organization and actually – 90% or 50% or 30% of your your people are coming from this organization, not this organization, like you said. And by the way, they all have about six years of experience. So I need to understand where that gap is and, and what, what are you actually looking for? Do you want people like the people you have in your organization? Or do you want people that are different, that are going to b- bring a different flavor to your organization? And so that's what talent mapping does. But so these guys, do these take... managers, these managers are hallucinating when they give you the job order. In other words, right? Yeah, so they well, we asked for twenty yeah. years, and they got people on their own team, and they got six. Yep. Well, that's in. Inge- I mean, we all know that that's what happens. They all have. I mean, they, people want managers want people with twenty years of experience with a technology that's only been around for five. Okay. Do any of these managers cause you problems when you say, "Look, uh, you guys are you know dreaming"? Okay. Do, do, do they cause problems? Do they fight with you? Do I they mean, report you I to mean, your manager? They, you know, they they're always going to dispute. I mean, but if you bring data to the table, it's hard to dispute the data. What they can do then is say, 
okay, we see the data, but really this is what we want. And then it takes a different conversation because when you say that we've had these type of people and you don't, then it's a totally different type of recruiting strategy that you have to take because now you're going after something that we don't have and we have to determine how we're going to address that and get those people because they may say they want people that make $100,000 okay. a year. You know, there's another word. There's another word for yeah. what you say when you say you're looking at the history of the current uh, sales reps there. I think uh, what it, Shally called it, uh, I don't know, regressive uh, – something or other you're going backwards to see where a regressive evolution I, I forget what it's called right but you go backwards to see where the people came from and then you then you Correct. target that company right okay so exactly. you're the guy who's exactly. managing this you're the guy who's managing this project and so what's the next step is there anything else for you to do you've picked the recruiters you've you've put the uh, hi, uh, the hiring managers in in their place right you said you told them they yep. don't know what they're there talking about what's the next step we put the strategy together. We look at the resources that we need to do to be able to build the list so that way the recruiters can go out Give there and actually an so make the, the call. So what's the example? What's what when the strategy here? What was the strategy? What did you do? Well, well, first and foremost, you identify the the key competitors and challenging companies that you want people from, and and look at those look at those companies. Then you look at the the, the tools that we can use to try to identify those people. Now, obviously, um, I will give a plug to Hire Tool because we use Hire Tool to identify um, to, to identify candidates. I also use Intello, LinkedIn. We do Boolean search strings. We have people on various different levels um, of skill sets that can do different things, but utilizing more than one one resource will get you the maximum return on the, the list that you're building there. Once you've built those lists, then you can talent map what you've just built, and now you know that, hey, if you need people in Topeka, Kansas, and Dallas, Texas, or wherever, you can go back um, before you, as you're, as you're reporting on a weekly cadence with the leaders, you can say, okay, this is the talent that is in each of these geographic areas. So now when we reach out to them and we start recruiting them, you know, if there's only 10 people that are qualified for that job in Dallas, Texas, we call them, then guess what happens? And if they're all interested, then that's great. If they're not and eight are extra interested and two are, but they're making 20% more than what we're offering, we could take that back to the business and say, you know what, this is the situation we're in. Now we have to take a different approach. Do we want to pay more? Are we going to relocate somebody, or what are we going to do to entice Let me those stop you there. If, if, first of yep. all, I don't, what does cadence mean? It's a musical term. I, I see recruiters using it. What does it mean? A pause in the, uh, a pause in the search, a break? What is it? What's a cadence? No, a, a cadence is, um, you know, the cadence is basically having established regular meetings and updates so that you can keep a status of what's going on. Um, a lot of what happens within in recruiting, whether you're doing it in a project or individual requisition, is that recruiters, um, because they're busy, they use that as an excuse of not setting a regular time to talk with a manager. They 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 recruit and then they kind of respond as the manager says, "Hey, you have new, do you have candidates?" But if you set up the if you set up the expectation that so you're going to meet weekly, or it's a standard. It's it's a yes. preset, standardized, regular follow up. Yep. With, with the hiring yep. manager. Okay. And so correct, you, you've decided, you've decided, you've gone to the hiring manager and say, we got 10 people, potential candidates in Topeka, right? How do you know that? Yep. It, that's, ju that's just the number of people you've, you found on uh, LinkedIn, HireTool, Entelo, and through your Boolean searches. That, and you assume with those, with those uh, tools return, that's your maximum of candidates. You don't go looking for any more candidates after that, right? 
No, right we, we, we're always, you're always you're always continuing to look because the, the uh-huh. market changes day to day. But on the other side of that is that you take a you take you do market research to find out what that talent looks like. But you also say uh, you reach out to the leaders, even though they don't know everything. But you say, OK, it, in this profession, how many people are in this market would you say are in this market? And they may say a number is 20 or they may say the number is three and you use that not necessarily as a. As the yes, they're loony. They don't know. You already line. know they yeah. don't know. They don't know. They don't know how how uh, anything about the market. They don't know the number of years that people the, the the people they need. They don't know the salaries. They don't know where they are. They don't know how many. Okay. Now they just spout off the top of their head. I'm right about that, aren't ah, I? Yes they, or no? They, 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 know, they know. They know who. They know who they're. If, if you're in sales, they know the salespeople in that market. If they are a manager and managing that market, they may not know that exact number. Okay. But they, they'll be able what to are you doing? What are you doing? You're you're working on this search for 50 people. How many recruiters did you put on the on the team under you? I mean, this one right here, we had um, two recruiters and we had three sourcers. Okay, plus you. Were you hands on or were you just managing? Um, I was managing because I managed multiple projects like this at one time. Plus, I do other projects um, within the town acquisition team. So, what are you, the guy? You gather the data. You gather the data from the recruiters and the sourcers, and just pass it up to the managers and tangle with them. Is that right? Is that your job, middleman? I I am kind of the middleman, and also to make sure that we are meeting our timelines and our SLAs, meaning that you know we look at the number of candidates that are being submitted, making sure that our quality of candidate is um, where we have established that it was at the beginning of the project. We look at um, if we are on track to meet the hires that we need to at the end of the project. So every week when we have our calls, we look at what offers are going out, how many that removed from the project that we have left to, to fill, so it's all okay, about managing you know what? I, it. I would call you a sure. recruiting manager. Um, project manager is okay, but you, you, you actually, but you, you actually use some kind of project management tools. Am I right about that? Right. Yes. I Tell use us micros- about that. Um, Tell yeah. us. Yeah. I, Tell us about it. You know, um, <laughs> uh, Microsoft Project. I mean, obviously, use that tool to uh, to map out everything that we need to do within the project and to make sure that the the roles and responsibilities from the recruiter sourcers to managers that we are doing everything that we are supposed to be doing at the time. So in a sense that we should be having in the, at the end of X amount of weeks, we should have this many candidates sourced and screened and ready for managers to interview. By this time, the managers should have X, Y, Z many candidates um, ready for. You know whether what? It's a recruiting I, I think I remember crop. reading. I think you wrote an article on, on LinkedIn that says it's very easy to give people deadlines, and deadlines are very important. But at the same time, you said they're only very hypothetical. You don't have to go by them. Am I right about that in terms of time no, frame? I think you got, the little, you, you got the, a little off there. But what I said is that I think a lot of recruiters um, will recruit and use the whole – You know, we have a SLA of time to hire of, of 53. People don't know. People don't know what uh, – uh, 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 oh, 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 oh. People don't know what SLAs are, okay? Service level agreement. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, service Seriously. Each interjection, you're just showing your audience more and more about how out of touch and unknowledgeable you are of our industry. It's kind of embarrassing. It really is. I mean, who doesn't know what an SLA is? I mean, what business are you in? <laughs> Does anybody on, online now have the guts to... Resist the urge to show your stupidity, would you? You're embarrassing me. 
Does anybody who's on online have the guts to raise their hand right now and say they didn't know what an SLA was? Nobody. Okay. I'm, I'm going to speak for those who are too chicken to, to speak up, okay? So service level agreements. Okay, so hold on. Uh, where are we? Time frames. You, you set time frames? Yes, you do. How do you do it? Well, here, here, here's the deal. I mean, what I was gonna, let me take a step back. What I was saying is recruiters have always said, you know, we have an average time of 53. I just want to say, uh, I just want to interject, Jerry really knows how to earn his money for this show, <laughs> doesn't he? Does he? Thank you for that, Jerry. <laughs> okay, go ahead. The first couple of stupid questions you asked, I just made a note on my planner to talk to you this afternoon in the privacy of our own two-way discussion. But the further we get in, we're only 20 minutes in, and you've you've shown your hand four times. So once every four or five minutes, you're showing the world that you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Squat. Okay. Okay, let this Sorry. guy tell me now. Okay, tell me about time frames. <laughs> Go ahead, then I'll do an ad. Well, you know, recruiters have always, I mean, and, and like I said, I've recruited as well, is that if you don't put a if you don't put a deadline on it and they say we need this person by within 55 days or 45 days or whatever it is, you know, if in the history of recruiting, if we make it in 56 days or 62 days, well, we're close enough. But, you know, in the in the scheme of things, um, really holding us accountable and saying, what are we doing in um, in the ways of of actually filling that position and put a deadline on it? It actually it forces a recruiter and forces town acquisition to be accountable for our action and really do the things that we need to do and use those um, cadence calls to be able to weekly update the managers and say, this is why we are, we're going to meet it, or this is why we're not. And this is what we need to do in order to meet the, the deadlines right there. But those, those um, cadence calls, if they're not happening, what typically happens is, you, there's no accountability. There's no accountability for yeah, the manager. There's no accountability for the recruiter. I'm not interested in cadence calls anymore. I want to know how do you set a reasonable deadline? How do you know that, yeah, I'm going to have the people by that time? How do you come up with something that's reasonable? Well, you have, well, first and foremost, you have to look at what the average time to hire for these roles are. And then you look at, okay, this is the normal, this is the normal process that we use for that time to hire. Now we're taking a a project, uh, this, this um, recruiting effort into a project base where we're adding some additional resources because we do need these people. So then what we would do is, uh, you know what, there is some formulas and, you know, I could send you some Excel spreadsheets if you like, if, you, if you're bored and want to look at them, but we determine what that will look like. And obviously some of it is weighted based on what the, the, the customer, the manager needs and the business needs, but some of it is actually realistic expectation. Hold on. And so okay, we let me have just, to make sure me, we okay, keep that realistic Okay, let me show my ignorance again, okay? Look, you've got some searches take a long time. Some of them are short. If you get an average, it doesn't really mean anything, does it? Does an average uh, uh, mean anything in terms of – Michael G. Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Michael G. Cox. No, averages don't mean anything. They don't. Yeah. You work. You work for a corporation. <laughs> you work for a corporation, Michael. Do you do you make these kind of deadlines based on averages? I'm sorry, man. What were you guys talking about? Okay, yeah, don't forget it. If you're asleep, I don't need I don't need you. Okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> My apologies. Okay, well, here, I'll let me ask you since you're, you're awake now. Okay, right. when you do a search, can you calculate how long it's going to take you to do based on averages of previous searches? Because he's talking about sales searches. That's what you do as well. 
an average search, there's no such thing as an average search, is there? Sometimes it's going to take a long time. Sometimes you get lucky and it's short. The average doesn't mean anything, right? No, the average means a lot because you take all the ones that take a long time and the ones that take a short amount of time, and you can kind of figure out how long it's going to take you. And And, it's just an average. It's It's not a total predictor of exactly how long it's going to take the next time. It's an average. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And the other so, part of that, kinda, it, so Jerry was sneering. Sorry, Jerry, what? Jerry, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? I don't, I don't want to say anything. But we, I know my average time to find a software developer. I know my average time to find a contractor in Detroit. I, you telling me that you don't know your average time to deliver talent? Are you serious? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I don't. God, know. I, I, this just blows my mind. Well, yeah. It's because okay. you've done this more than twice, Jerry. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> carry on. That's okay, well, five, let's do Matt uh, for higher tool. You're going to help me out this, Matt. Ignorance and objections in the first 25 Matt's minutes. Gonna, so Matt's going to help me because he actually... time to interject stupidity is once every five minutes. <laughs> Matt's going to help me with the... That doesn't Matt's mean gonna, it's going to take just five minutes, Jerry. It could be right. a lot faster. That's right. Right, but I That's do see a trend, and tr- trends are important, aren't they, animal? <laughs> yes, they are, I guess. Okay. Okay. Let me, let me do the ad now. Let me do the ad. And the guest is going to help me because he's using it. H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. Now, now Matt, do you call it higher tool like they do at the office, their own office, or do you call it higher tool like we do here on the show? I think I call it more like what you do. I probably don't call it the proper name. But, hey, regardless, okay. it's a great tool. Why do you like it? Tell us. It's it's a sourcing tool, everybody. Why do you like it? it, 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 it it's a sourcing tool. You know, there's a lot of tools out there, and I think what it does is it simplifies a lot of, of the activities that you have to do in there. It organizes talent nicely. It, it's almost as a – it's it's almost at the point of where it's a CRM, where you can actually source candidates, you can manage the candidates through the processes, and you can organize them based on the the geographic or the skill sets. And then it's easier it's easy to message candidates through the tool and be able to respond and then track those responses as well. So it it just has a lot of great um, resources. Plus the other part, if you want to go into the searches piece of it, it, it does help you build, build boolean search strings. You can search through um, Facebook, which is, as we all know, really the the way um, of really getting talent anymore. I mean, LinkedIn is really difficult, but, you know, Facebook is a little bit easier to utilize. So it, it, it does a lot of great things, um, and it really makes your life a lot easier. Okay, do you have the standard that version or the, the AI? Do you have the AI version, the new uh, uh, pro version? Which one do you have? Yes. Uh, you know, I'm going to log in and look. I haven't used it in a couple of weeks, so, you know, I know they made some. Here, let me tell you what I have. Okay. Okay, I'm everybody. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay, sure yeah. Nen or Did, Stephen can tell me. Yeah, okay, but they're not online. Right? They're not on the show right oh, now. Okay, well, what, about, uh, what about it also gives you uh, personal and professional uh, email and phone numbers. Do you like to call people at home? Will you use their personal stuff or their professional business numbers first? Which, uh, which is your preference? You know what? You call first, you use, and then you know what? You, you can use personal and um, professional email addresses. 
I know some people get upset when you email them at work, but in, in reality, most people understand when you're searching for talent, you, you're going to do everything you can to find it. And if they get that offended, they'll message you and say, hey, use my email, my personal email, or here's my phone number. If they really don't want to talk to you, you know what, they're, they're not going to respond. I get that. So, you know what, okay, okay, use no, I was wondering you can. But which which so yeah. people you're saying ideally people like to be contacted on their personal contact numbers before their business is that correct? I would say so. Yeah, I mean because obviously they don't want their current employer to know that they're being talked to by okay. By, but by don't by they feel don't you think they feel spooked sometimes so that you've actually got their personal information as opposed to business information which is much more public. You know what, most of this day and age, I think a lot of people realize that it's pretty easy to get that. I mean, doing a Boolean search string, you can search people and you can put Gmail, Yahoo, and you're going to be able to find their, you're going to find most people's email addresses, whether you're using um, HireTool or ZapInfo or Intello, whatever, you're going to be able to find that information. It's not much is very top secret anymore. Okay. Is there anything else to talk about being a project manager? Because you, you actually have on your LinkedIn heading, you know, you want to know how to be a, a talent acquisition project manager? Get in touch with me. So you feel like you want to spread the word. I mean, is there anything else that you haven't told us that if someone wants to be a project manager, they should know? So first of all, the only thing that's really different from just being a regular recruiter, I think, that you said, is they have to know how to use Microsoft Project. That's that's sort of no, the key. Is I think it? they need. I, you know what? I, I I think really what you're what you're you're kind of missing the point on this is that also is that recruiters are really just in time in 99% of the time that they're recruiting. When I was recruiting, you're not doing a lot of strategic planning because you have 30, 40 racks, whatever you're carrying. You don't have a lot of time to actually do that strategic planning. And so, as a project manager, you can really help put together the data. You can help um, be able to be able to really put together the, the, the story behind what we need to do in order to get the talent that we need to get to. And that really helps leverage the influencing power that we have in talent acquisition to show and share with the business um, and your organization and the managers the value that you really bring. Because, you know, a lot of, a lot of organizations, they see recruiters as basically as processes or assembly. I mean, if you want to call it, they're, they're they're assembly workers, if you want to say. They're, they're taking a candidate and handing it to them. They're taking a candidate and hand. They don't see all the behind the scenes of what we're really doing. And I think the project manager will actually help highlight that and really be able to present and demonstrate the value okay. that Tom Okay, hold on. Let me stop you there. Okay, first of all, you okay. sound kind of like now um, one of your main functions is client interface manager. Does that sound right? I do some yeah. of that as well, yeah. Correct. Okay, yep. but you also say in one of your articles that you, you should show them the process, explain exactly what you're doing, and that sort of shuts them up. It's a good sales pitch, right? That's the way you sell what you're doing. If they think they, if they can see on, uh, on, on paper or on some kind of map what, what your process is, that calms them down, and they, that builds trust with the, the hiring manager. Oh, oh, this guy's got a professional approach. He, he's very sophisticated. He's a project manager. He knows what he's up to. Is that what you're telling us? It's not necessarily just a process. It's actually showing data. I mean, data, data, I mean, you talk about salespeople, sales professionals, sales managers. You talk about engineering. I mean, every job, every job that you recruit for, regardless of a nurse job or a, an engineer, it, they're all they're all doing their job based off of previous data or scientific data, and so as as recruiters, 
you know, we need to do the same thing. We need to be able to provide that data, as I mentioned, the market data, the talent mapping, the 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 information that um, we can help influence them to understand really what's going on out there. Because otherwise, you're going to hear them say, "We can pay a hundred. Yeah, but you we don't have from the initial meet and in the initial meeting. You don't have the data because you don't even know what you're searching for. So right, you you don't you don't tell show them your process in in abstract. Then you don't. Say this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Just tell us what we, we're we looking for, and we'll put it through. Yeah, we do have a. I, I, yeah, we. I have a. I have a playbook that goes through the steps of what we will go through in order um, to make this project a, a success. Uh huh. But do you present it before you know what the search is, or after you know what the search is? Well, the the playbook obviously it doesn't have all the details, so we gather the details at the beginning of what they're needing, and then we we utilize that data to then uh, put the project plan together, and then we go through the playbook of exactly what's going to happen and each of these steps right here so that they can see what's going to happen and utilize the supporting data uh, where the risk is. You're getting bogged down here, animal. Ding, ding, ding. Sounds like it. Okay, yeah. Come on, man. You're you're getting too far down in this stuff. Come on, man. The last question, though, about this, did you, did you have all your sourcers and recruiters in this intake session, or is it just you, and then you pass the word on to the guys and girls? The, the intake session, every, all stakeholders are involved. So it will be managers, leaders, recruiters, sourcers, um, whoever's going to be involved in the project are in the intake meeting. Okay. What's your, what are your favorite Chrome extensions? Jerry wants to know. You know, I like Zap Info. It's probably my favorite. Zap? Zap, Z-A-P. I-N-F-O. It takes um, unstructured why, why data like and organize it? It because it takes unstructured data and it um, puts it in an Excel spreadsheet so that you can um, build your list. And then if you take that information and you import it into HireTool, um, it'll help you find emails that it doesn't find. I mean, it's good at finding emails and phone numbers, but then you enhance it with HireTool and you can get good 80% of emails and contact um, information of the people that you're looking for. It's great because yeah. you can you can go on a website where you have a bunch of pictures of people with their names on when the, like alumni list and and um, it'll pull that information and put it in an Excel spreadsheet and and you have a call list to work off of. That's uh-huh. my from from this point right now, that's probably my favorite um, at this point in time in the in the most recent tools here. Any any others that you'd like to suggest right now, or should we move on? Um, you know what? I mean, I obviously like the the, the higher tool, and I I mean the I'm trying to think of all the ones that I've used. It's been a, it's been a few weeks since I've, I've been recruiting, um, but you know I do I do like the seek out extensions as well. Um, I think they're they're as good as well. So I mean I do with social media and getting the brand your employer brand out there and your personal brand out there. Um, Hootsuite is awesome as well, so that you can keep yourself relevant and keep you in front of the people that you're trying to go after, kind of what you mentioned at the beginning of the show. You know, you gotta you got to make sure you're out there and give them that nudge. And once you're connected with them and now they see you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have, it's going to force them to reach out to you if they're interested in opportunities or um, if they start thinking about opportunities as well. So do you think, do you think that a third party agency recruiter should have a, a social media plan then too, putting you know putting uh, the jobs or or just the company name or whatever or some kind of articles in front of uh, in front of their potential candidates, their market. I, you know what? 
the the reason that the reason the reason that candidates want to talk to people is they first they if you're credible if you look like you're credible online you look like you know what you're talking about and um you're and you have the appearance at least when you start talking to those people you have that ability to build relationships they're going to want to talk to you so if you look like that person that's going to be able to actually help a candidate then they're going to want to reach out to you if you if you have a yeah, when you, you say you get on the phone and you sound like you've got the ability to build relationships. What does that mean? Well, it's about um, understanding what they want, listening. I mean, most recruiters, they want to talk over everybody and and um, tell them their story and not really get to hear what they want. And and part of what recruiting is is building those relationships and learning about the person um, in that first five minutes. You're not jumping into the job. You're finding out, hey, you know what they're in – in Topeka, Kansas, and you know what? Maybe they like they like the University of so Kansas basketball team. No, no. so how do you, you do, do some wait, research? Wait a second. I, I want to know how you how do you do that? I mean, like you get on the phone, you say hi, yeah. my name's Matt Craven. I'm a recruiter, and how do you start? What do you actually? What words do you do uh, use to build trust? Or is there any kind of formula for building right. rapport? Because you just said it's important to let them know that, that you're a good guy. Right. Uh, how well, do you do that? Well, trust, well, trust takes time, but what, what, what you do is you come across as a human being. When I call somebody and I say, hey, Michael, how are you doing today? You know, I noticed that you're in Toronto. And, and they go, yeah, hey, you know, I, I visited Toronto in 2001, and I went to the, the baseball stadium. And, and you know, find something that you can get some commonality of having a, a starting a regular conversation. And then that will bring in, hey, I was in Portland. Um, they'll say, I, hey, I was in Portland a couple of years ago. You just start having that conversation and not talking about the job. And it's just basically networking for a little bit. And then you get into the whole, hey, the purpose of my call is that, you know, we have an opportunity in Toronto. I'd love to talk to you a little bit about it. Here's some information, blah, blah, blah. And, and they're typically a little bit more open to listen and hear about the opportunity. And then when you're trying to get their skills, they're a little bit more willing to share information with about their background and what they'd be open to as well. And they may say, you know what, I'm not interested. But even if they're not interested, what you've done is you've built some kind of connection that's going to be hard to break rather than just saying, hey, I'm Matt from XYZ Company and I'd like to hire you or I'd like to talk to you about a job. They're going, to, they're going to say, I'm not interested, and they're going to hang up, and you'll never hear from them again. But if you have that connection, they're going to follow you on LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, they'll reach out to you in six months if they, if they weren't interested in job now to, to come and, um, and say, hey, I'm interested now. Because as we know, recruiting is a life-changing experience, and sometimes – I mean, and changing jobs is a life-changing experience. And, and sometimes, you know what, when you call them today, they're not interested, but six months, two months, two days from now – that might change because they had a bad experience or something happened and they're ready to go. Okay, but don't you think they know you're a salesperson? Even if you don't say, hey, I got a job I want to sell to you, they know that anyway. So if you start talking about the weather in uh, Portland or Toronto or uh, Warsaw, Ohio, or like uh, Indi- Indiana, wherever it is, uh, don't they know, hey, this guy's just bullshitting me. <laughs> he doesn't care about me. He's just pretending to be my buddy, right? <laughs> I mean, how about those? Uh, yeah, about those you, you could you could tell you could tell. I actually do care. I enjoy talking to people. Um, you know, it, it it's something that I enjoy doing. I, I it, it's it's about pulling information and getting to know people. Um, that's how I built friends across the country is by talking to people um, and getting to know them. I enjoy getting to know people, and I think if you're a recruiter and you don't enjoy getting to know the people that you're interacting with, 
then you're in the wrong business because that's the only way you're going to get the information you need to be able to, to do your job. And yes, that's part of being a salesperson, but you have to thorough, you have to actually genuinely enjoy doing that. Okay. And, and so these people also, they're not going to say, look, I'm busy. I don't have time for chit chat. Get to the point. Yeah. And I'll get to the point And then I'll say, Hey, you know what? Um, I know you can't talk right now. You're really busy. I'll send you my information, and we, I can tell you about the opportunity. No, I'll no, send no. You I didn't say they say it. I mean, but, but hold on. So you take it You yeah. take it for granted that they've got time to chit-chat with you, okay, and that it's not going to turn yeah. them off when you start talking about, you know, some sporting event or the weather, okay? That's what you're saying. Right. It's, it, you're saying it's good. Right. They, they well, want you to do that. They want you to well, cozy up the to them. Well, you, yeah. Well, you call them into the office. If you're calling into their office, you could say, hey, Joe, do you have time to um, – this is Matt from XYZ Company. I'd like to talk to you. Do you have a moment? And if they say, no, I don't, I can say, what, when are you available? Or um, you, um, you have an email. I can send you some information, and we can schedule a time to talk later. You, you, you work around that. You're, you're obviously going to be cognitive of their time and be respectful of their time. And if they can't talk now, you, you look at when they, can talk, when they can talk to you. Does anybody have a, if a you better are, question? Oh, does anyone have a question for Matt so far? I mean, I'm asking him the standard questions. I like, I let him talk because I like the way he's a, he's a good talker. I think he's doing a, a good job. But does anybody have a question they think is smarter than mine or that they'd like to know something about? Anybody? Anybody? Nobody. Did, Nobody wants to say anything. Oh, Jerry, Jerry hung up already. Okay. So I'm going to do an ad for Honeit. H-O-N-E-I-T, Honeit.com. You know what it is? It's phone interview technology. It records your interviews and turns the key questions and answers into separate audio clips to help those hiring managers quickly hear the motivation, the personality, and the enthusiasm that the recruiter just heard. When you can share a story with a hiring manager in the candidate's own voice, you know what it speaks? Volumes. And you can't get that from a, a resume or a, a dry report. So if you want to get a hiring manager excited about a great candidate, share some of that sizzle with Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T.com. And look, if you'd rather read something, don't worry about that either because Honeit automatically turns your interview into a typed-out transcript as well that you can search for any keywords and pass along to anybody on the hiring team. So Take it from me. Check out Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T dot com. Nick Livingston is the boss over there, and he's a very nice guy. Okay, coming back to our buddy, Matthew Craven. Is there anything? Uh, do you uh, think call that, me Matt, uh, please. Matt, call me Matt. Okay. I don't like Matthew. Yeah, You've got yeah, Matthew yeah. on your Twitter. Don't put Matthew uh, on Twitter <laughs> if you don't want me calling you Matthew, Okay. All right, my okay. mom made me do that, all right? <laughs> Your mom, okay. Growing man with a beard. Okay, look. Uh, uh, look, uh, I read an article, and I posted it on Facebook, that says ping pong, mention of ping pong, foosball, or nerf in a job description, it alienates women. Do you believe that's true? You know, I think there are certain key words that do alienate people. I think that there are... Um, you have to be cognitive about um, what you put in a job description or job posting to, to make sure that you're attracting the candidates that you want to attract. Uh, I, I think that I don't see how those words would alienate a woman, honestly. I mean, 
I, I really uh, okay, don't know. Okay, enough, enough said. Now, you said in your article about project management, manage, manage your emails, don't let them manage you. Is there something specific you're thinking of there? Because you didn't say anything. Well, yeah, I, mean, I was only limited a certain amount of time in that, in that article. But, you know, I think what it is is that, you know, it, it's easy to get in front of your computer and just respond to emails as they come in throughout the day. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the day, all you've done is respond to emails. So it's really about setting times aside and responding to emails at certain times of the day. So that way you can actually get sourcing and interviewing and and those cadence calls in so that you're not just sitting there and responding okay. to emails. Because said, we all, uh, we all I'm going to move quickly now. I'm going to move quickly now. Yeah. You said company right. brands are so corporate that people can't relate to them, uh, and you have to be more human. You gave yep. us an example of that. Uh, you gave an example on the phone. Uh, is there anything else that you're thinking of there? Is it like yeah, blog definitely. Posting? I, I, <laughs> yeah, I think it's blog posting, it's Twitter, it's it, it it's everything. It's really about showing that you are not just a corporate recruiter. A lot of a lot of recruiters post company branding information on all their social media accounts, and that's all they do. But if you don't show uh, a picture of you hiking or doing something or sending information about maybe that would help them, such as you know how to how to do how to be a good interviewer as a candidate. I mean, those type of things really help. Um, a candidate um, engage a little bit more versus just seeing an advertisement because we all know we see an advertisement on TV we start we start just kind of ignoring it after a while. Okay, now you say you're always looking for new ways to quantify and validate the efforts of what we do in talent acquisition. What does that mean? Well, you know, I mean, we all look at time to hire and 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 we talked about that a little bit ago, but. You know, so many companies put so much effort on, okay, we need to reduce our time to hire from 53 to 51. Well, does that really make a huge difference in, in any organization by changing the time to hire in one, in one or two days? And when you're focusing on just time to hire, you're never really going to make that big difference that you really want to anyway. So it's really about looking at, okay, quantifying the, the quality of candidates um, that, you, that you're presenting, looking at the, the market data that is out there, and, and then, again, going back to project management, strategizing about if you are building talent pipelines and if you are talent mapping and you are uh, engaging your talent in those talent pools, and you're doing all these different things here, and when and you're proactively ad- approaching all these candidates, you're going to affect your time to hire much greater than just putting that pressure of saying you need to fill those positions in 53 days. There, so I don't know if I so answered you, the ta- question. Talent pipe, so when you say I talent did, pipeline, when you say talent pipeline, do you mean you've got a list of people you send regular emails to, like or a newsletter or something like that? Yeah. So uh, yes, exactly. Um, whether it's monthly, quarterly, um, it, it could be information that's more personable. It may be more information about the great things that we're doing in our company. But it's more or less just to keep the that hey, you know that company we're hiring, and um, we may be looking for people like you. And if you we always put in if you know somebody or if you're interested, then reach out to me. Okay. Now you you brag on your. Uh... LinkedIn profile about you did a big implementation for all of North America for Talio. It, it was a big deal. Am I right about that? It was um, because I that was back in 2013, a few years ago. Um, was involved in that. Um, had no background in Talio and had to 
learn the tool and then project manage that and then I'm roll it out. So that was a that was a well, fun how project. Come every, I don't want you to put don't you put put yourself in an awkward position. But how come everybody yeah. seems to use it and everybody seems to complain about it? Is that the reason they they if so many people use it? That's why we see so many complaints about it. What what's the story there? It's like uh, you know it's the biggest yeah. target I've seen of uh, people complaining yeah. about their applicant tracking systems. What's the story there? You know what I. I, you know what here I think it is. Nobody utilizes their ATS the way they should be. And I think Taleo has a lot of complexity to it, and there's a lot of functions to it, and it's very complex to be able to utilize it. And I think part of it, you know, blame Taleo a little bit. I think they don't have um, the service to be able to really help educate the, the functions that they can provide. But on the other side of it, I think that a lot of companies really don't want to use every single function that um, Taleo has, and that goes with every ATS. You know, a lot of people will blame ATSs, and they'll switch ATSs, and then they find the same problem with their new ATS because they're not looking at what the capacity and what that ATS can potentially do and utilizing it to its full full capability as well. Uh-huh. So, Michael? Well, I, I've heard sorry, I, somebody want to say something. That's Kendra. Somebody, so, hi, Kendra. Um, I just wanted to add on to his Taleo comment that if you're in a big corporate environment, um, I think these big ATSs, I have brass ring, are more to enforce compliance than actually right. uh, function as CRMs. Um, right. I have to do all of my candidate tracking outside of the big system. So just yeah. a point. And we do the same thing. Yeah. And, and Kendra, we do the same thing. We have a CRM tool that we use for our pipeline sourcing. I mean, you can you can do it inside. But from a compliance standpoint, it's better to do it on the outside of You're discouraged. Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, exactly. hey, hey, hey Matt, Matt, I know you're hard of hearing. You told us at the beginning of the show. But don't you think Kendra has a voice that would be great for a, a classical music station on FM radio? <laughs> yeah. I told hey, you, Michael, that I used to be a DJ. Did you look that up? Did you oh, go scrape the web and find no, out? No, I forgot entirely. No, I just like your smoky voice, okay? Um, I used I to do, do overnight rock. I'm going to do an ad for my uh, my ATS sponsor right now. Okay, PC Recruiter. <laughs> okay. Now, now, here's the thing, PC Recruiter. It's it's kind of complex. It's more complex than the uh, no-brainer ATS. But the thing is, some people actually do like uh, to have a lot of options. For instance, uh, PC Recruiter has what they call a candidate presentation feature. You send an email to your client, and it contains a link that goes to a profile of the candidate. The thing is, with this profile, you build it yourself. It's configurable, okay? Because PC Recruiter likes to put everything in your hands. They don't want to dictate what you do. So you create a profile that you want your client to, to see. It's got your own personal uh, company branding on it. It displays the data about the candidate. Uh, it lists the relevant documents that you want the client to see, I guess, like a resume. And once this client has looked at the info, um, there's a feedback button. You can put in uh, five stars there. Grade the candidate according to the stars. Tell us what you think. And that whole transaction is stored in that candidate's file. So you can look at it one day from now or uh, five years from now, whatever suits you. So go check it out at PCRecruiter.net, PCRecruiter.net. And just a final word then about ATS, Matt. So some people mm -hmm. like to have uh, the possibility to configure their um, their ATS uh, to suit them, you know, their own specific needs. But the problem is they don't take the time to learn it. Is that what you're saying? Right. 
I think so. Okay. And or, you know, I think what Kendra also said is that, you know, big, large corporations, um, they they tend to try to globalize the process and and then that minimizes the capability of a tool as well. So I think that, you know, people give up on their tools much too easily versus looking at investing um and learning about what that tool can potentially do. And that's any tool. I've, I've heard people using other ATSs, and they say the same thing. Oh, this tool sucks. And I go, well, have you guys actually gone in and looked at what its capability? Well, this is all we have it set up for. Well, you know, you could do a lot more if you just invest a little bit of time rather than switching ATSs and spending millions of dollars to integrate that into your organization. Okay, there's a pro speaking because he, he don't forget everybody. He managed the implementation of Taleo across the, uh, <laughs> across North America for uh, a very big company. I, I read an article uh, the other day about you know don't have an ordinary interview with a candidate. Invite the candidate to you know work out at a gym with you at six a.m. in the morning. What do you think about that? Huh. Uh, not not something I probably would do, but you know, I, I I think that you know it depends on the level of the candidate. I mean, if you're if you're, yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd ever do that. That's you're not, not ruling it I out, though. You didn't you didn't just say that. I'm crazy. not ruling it out, but it, it, I think it's it's situational. I think it, it depends on the role, and I couldn't even pinpoint what role that would be for, but. I wouldn't rule it out, but I don't think it would be something that you would be doing with every candidate, unless it was. I mean, I think it would only be for that special candidate you, you okay. feel that. Okay, we got the point. Don't repeat yourself. On this yeah, show, yeah, you don't yeah, repeat yeah. yourself ten times, okay? We've only okay, got so much not time we want to get. Somebody? Okay. Hello? Somebody else commenting? Sorry? No? Okay. Oddball questions. Well, here's a question. What would you do if you were the sole survivor of a plane crash? You, you know, should you ask candidates those kind of questions? You should. Yeah? Uh, <laughs> why not? That's pretty crazy and irrelevant. Do you do it? Do you do you ask no, spooky probably... questions? I don't think you do. You know what? Okay. Yeah, I you know I don't really. I keep my questions pretty pretty straightforward. Uh huh. Now, some people would I mean, ask a question. Would you text a candidate on the weekend? Yeah, I have before. Uh huh. And, and actually, is that better or worse than calling them? You know, or contacting them during business hours. It just depends on their availability, really. I mean, I can, I mean, on the weekend, you know, you're going to get people that are out and about. I mean, people text me on the weekend, and if I'm up in the mountains, I'm not going to respond. So I think it just really depends on, it depends on the individual. But I think you use every avenue to, to get a hold of that person. Okay. So we're getting a short of time. Michael G. Cox, not, you know, not one word of you for the last uh, 45 minutes from you. Do, do you have any questions for this guy or comments? No, I, th- I thought it was cute that he was saying that it was a good idea to ask those silly questions, but he might be just trying to throw off the competition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kendra, <laughs> do you have anything you want to say besides talking about ATSs or an applicant tracking tra- tracking system? I'll tell you my favorite goofy question. I like to ask if this organization is a bicycle, which part of the bike are you? And who doesn't say the good seat? One. I like that. Yeah, the who seat kisses his ass, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I learned something. And what's the best, an- okay. what's the best answer? What's the best, what's the best answer? Well, what I'd does like that to get say that you? I'm the bell. <laughs> what, do you, what do you get out of that? I'm just, just curious. 
Well, I guess you could think about it like if people think they're the pedals, they compare themselves to a driver. If you're the tires, that's where the rubber meets the road. Are you the bell, always making the announcements and a communicator? I think it's the ability to be clever with an analogy, maybe. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Is that what job is what job is that going to help you for being clever like that? Really. <laughs> okay. Final question. Final question. Chatbots. You're working for a big company. Okay, uh, Matt. Are you looking at chatbots, or maybe you're using them already? We are not using them. I, you know, I need to. I need to look at them, but we're not. I mean, we're looking at we're looking at text texting software, but we we haven't used chatbots. Nope. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. So that so that flopped. I should ask you another another question. Um, okay. X-ray searches on Google. You're a, a sourcer, professional sourcer. Do you do X-ray searches? I will tell you, I I do them. I'm not the best at it, but I am do I, I do I do um do them. And you know, I know uh-huh. everybody's going to say Boolean searches, X-ray searches. <laughs> you're a sourcer. Why aren't you an expert? But you know what? You you have lots of tools out there. You utilize the things that are the most successful for you. I haven't had to do a whole lot of it. I know how to do it, but I'm not I'm not going to say I'm an expert at it. Okay, you know, I have to say Dean DaCosta uh has a fantastic um five minute uh, introduction on YouTube to X ray searches and, and I actually uh typed out most of the script and put it on my Facebook group, but if somebody really wants to know about X ray searches and uh, he breaks it down very well. Okay. You know what? Okay. You were a great guest. I'd like to have you come back sometime. Is there anything you w- you want to say that uh you know, signing off? Hey, no, man. I appreciate you having me on, and um, it, I, you I thought you were going to cry, but it wasn't tough at all. Gonna be. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't hard at <laughs> hey, all. Let me know whenever you want. Let me know whenever you, know, you want me to come have, back, and I'll used, come back. We used to have tough yeah, guys that would call in. Now, now Jerry's here some for part of the show. Sometimes, sometimes he makes it to part of the show. He just makes fun of me. Nobody, <laughs> nobody attacks the guest anymore. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, Michael G. Cox, Kendra. Jerry and our guest Matt Craven. Thank you. about spiritual liberation. It is. It is. Oh, please.